I have enjoyed the not anyone getting that right so far since the uh, switchover. So I'm excited to continue that. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, one, one more crazy pointless topic. When, when I had the radio show, Andy would always start it and he would say, I, I'm Andy. And I would say, and I'm Kevin. And he one time he just skipped the I'm Andy and he's like, so how you doing today? And I said, and I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Burger! Episode 415. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. Welcome back, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me. You have your own theme. And finally, I had to toil away with a bunch of dumb questions for the last 12 years to get a, <laughs> my own theme song. Is that how long we've been doing it? It feels like, I mean, the last that counting, year... That's really counting the like four seven. years of COVID? Yeah. <laughs> it's, man, it's been a crazy year. I Interesting to think about anybody who started dating right before the shutdown. Oh, well, we have a uh, uh, guest host, Michael. My brother, Michael, not same, he started dating just before COVID. Like, they went on a date and were like, what is this thing with this cruise ship with all these six <laughs> oh, people? And <laughs> and then they they man, they, they put a year in dating and it's like, is that is that a really a year? Is that three years? Is that only six months? And he he was asking me this when they, they decided that they just moved in together after a year. And uh I was like, I don't know, you've you've seen everything because you've been trapped together, but you don't know that she, like he's he's a homebody he doesn't like to go out and party and like she seems that way now but what if like once the world opens up she's like oh you didn't know i hang out at the nightclub three times a week and it's it's just been closed right and so there's 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 these you've got all this extra information that you would never have after a year of dating and then you've got this gigantic mystery spot that you would know after two weeks of dating that you just can't see yet because the world hasn't been open it's it really makes my 15 year marriage seem like the right way to have done it. <laughs> I, if, he, if he could have met her 15 years ago, they wouldn't have to deal with any of this stuff. Actually, weird story. They did date date once. They went on a blind date. Like it was years ago. They went on a blind date, and uh, they neither one of them bothered to call the other one back after the date. And then they just met on some internet app recently. And we're like, hey, didn't we date once like eight years ago? And the, now, I mean, they can laugh about it, but. And so for some reason, it uh, it stuck this time. I, that just shows how you change between, how old's my brother now, 35 or something like that. I mean. Yeah, mid-20s and mid-30s. 28 when they dated and now he's in their mid-30s. And what, you, what you're looking for changes or, you know, you change too. So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting how. Like weird stories like that. Like, well, we dated once. No, never bothered. Nothing was wrong. They just never bothered to reach out to each other again. Yeah. So. That, that's funny, though, that like, you know, what what weird thing does each of them have that they don't know about yet because they're stuck inside? 
Yeah. Does any I, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody uh-huh. really care? God, I love that song because I love the horns. The horns are great. He's also a world class dick. Someone just wants to know what time it is. And this is a time before we all had cell phones. And this guy is like trying to get to work on time, or he's probably got a job interview. And he's killing time in the park before he heads into the loop to, to go to his interview. And his watch just died. He forgot to crank it that morning. And he sees this guy walking down the street. And he says, what time is it? And the guy gets existential on him. I would just be like, <laughs> oh, I just need to know if I'm going to be late. It's, I, I, I strive to be the guy who just screws with people all the time and well, what, gets what, super existential. When was that song written, though? Like in the 70s? Yeah, that's got to be mid-70s. He could have just uh, walked down to uh, Marshall Fields. They had a big yep. clock outside, right? Yep, yep. I picture him over in, in Millennial Park, you know, when it was probably there then. I'm not going to look into the history. And they probably called it that, even though it was all train yards at that point. Um, <laughs> he's just hanging out in the park, looking at the bean, which I can only assume has been there forever, um, waiting to head in to his job interview. It's in so heavy. How did it, it, you know, they must have uncovered it there in, yeah, the, in the ground. Guessing, There's no way they could have yeah. shipped that in. It was left after glacial erosion, I can only assume. Yeah, it's part of a drumlin. <laughs> yeah. look it up kids i just i I love the idea that this guy is just like and seriously looks the guy in the eye and and i i've been in this you know i i lived in chicago for a long time i just someone asks you that question and you get existential and they're just damn hippies just tell me what time it is (laughs) (laughs) i i was I was walking down the street one day in Chicago and I just moved there and someone like they came around the corner and they're like, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I've got to call a friend, but my cell phone died. Can I borrow your phone? And I was like, yeah, here you go. And I handed it to him. They're like, you haven't been here long. Have you? It's <laughs> like, so all they- right, well, you're going to steal it. You, you don't look like you're going to steal my phone. And they made the phone call. They find out, found out where to meet someone, but then they're lecturing me. And you should never lend your phone to someone. I'm like, Listen, if I lived by that rule, you would still be wandering around here lost. So why did you ask if you were assuming yeah. no one was going to give you their cell phone <laughs> right. because they were afraid yeah. you'd steal it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would run you down. I, this person didn't look like they were getting anywhere with my phone. I, I was fine. Also, I mean, what are you going to do with the cell phone nowadays anyway? Like it's it's locked. Right. If you do the reset, Samsung won't let you. It'll probably blow up anyway, but Samsung won't let you register it to anyone new without being able to enter the password in. Well, that'd have been fine. Yeah, you're just out the money. You're not out any of the information. Yeah. And I think back then my phone was insured anyway, so if someone ran away with it, it's a new phone. Let's go for it. At least I didn't drop it in the toilet. I finally get to upgrade to one with a color screen. Yay. <laughs> oh, man. Remember when, when they put cameras on cell phones? Yes. And you were like, this is great. It takes the worst phone, worst photo ever. And in the beginning, there was no way to get it off the phone. Yeah, it was you just to, stuck on the phone. Yeah. You, yeah. You could pay like $112 to get this cord that would connect it to your computer. But you're just going around showing people, look, I took a picture. Yeah. How good for you. I, I can a, set it as my background. Yeah, I have a, I've, I have one photo that I remember that was stuck on a like a an old candy bar phone or something like that that I could never get mm-hmm. off. 
that died with the phone. And it was uh, my, my wife and I went to the mall, one of the malls here, and we parked in the parking lot outside of like Nordstrom or something. And we were walking in and there was like the fair, the car from Ferris Bueller. It was like, like the same replica Ferrari with the actual yeah. Ferrari logos and everything on it that got that company sued out of business. <laughs> and it was just parked there in the parking lot, like with the top down and everything. And I'm like, Oh sweet. So I took a picture of it with, on my phone and I'm like, and then when that phone died, I was like, Oh, well there goes the picture of that for the fake Ferrari. <laughs> Do you guys have in Atlanta, do people just leave their car idling whenever they run into a store for like hours on end? If oh, it's like, God, you guys no, don't I don't think so. No, there's no reason for here. No, there's no reason to do that here. Well, people here, if it's really cold or really hot, will just leave their car idling. And I was living in Stevens Point at the time. And I remember I went to Walmart. I have no idea why I would have gone to Walmart, but it was, it was winter and I, Pulled in, car next to me was idling, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I went into the store, did some shopping, came back out like 45 minutes later, and the car was still sitting there idling. (laughs) So I got in the car. No way. Moved it to the other side of the parking lot, (laughs) turned it off, threw the keys under their seat, and then walked back over to my car and went home. I, It's one of those times (laughs) in my life where I've done something where I just wanted to like hang out and see I just picture them coming out later, walking out, going, I swear I parked over here, not being able to find their car, calling the police, reporting it stolen, and then the police finding it on the other side of the parking lot and them going, I could swear I parked on the other side of the lot. And the police thinking it was just their dumb memory. Yeah. Their dumb bad memory about where they yep. parked their car. But no matter how cold it is, do you need to leave your car idling? For at least an hour. No. That's it was such a problem in Stevens Point when I lived there that they said that like there's news stories. The police will no longer investigate any reports of cars that were stolen when they were left idling with the keys in them. Well, good. They should they yeah. should never have been doing that in the first place. Well, <laughs> insurance isn't gonna cover that. That's like loaning your car to someone like secretively. I just, I see that all the time here. And all I can think is, why doesn't anyone just drive up from Chicago and steal all these cars? Before anybody realized it in the, in the parking lots, you know, Walmart or Kohl's or wherever, you would be gone. You just watch someone walk away from an idling car. You get in it and you drive away. You'd be halfway back to the state line before you, the person came out and realized it was missing. Then they're going to report it missing and You'd have it in Illinois and chopped up before anybody even realized it was gone. Yeah. And anyone listening to this in Chicago, we're not suggesting that you do this, but, you know, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere in Wisconsin they do this. I, I've heard of people doing this, but I've never actually seen anyone do it. Like, nobody I knew did that. We had friends from Michigan, and she would leave her car idling while she was filling it with gas. And... Everyone has called her on it. And she's like, everyone in Michigan does that. And our other friends from Michigan were like, no one in Michigan does that. And I was in Detroit one time. (laughs) Everyone in Detroit was just leaving their car idling while they were filling it with gas. And I was like, damn it, Janelle was right. Everyone in Michigan does that. All right. Good for you. (laughs) This car is going to blow up. But actually, I just read an article that 
you're, it's more likely that your car will blow up if you get in your car and get back out while you're filling it than just leaving it running while you're filling it. Really? Because of the static electricity? Yeah, static electricity from getting in and out of your car. That's the most likely thing to make a gas pump explode. And it's still never going to happen. But yeah. Heck, if I, anything is going to do it, that's going to do it. I, I drove away from, from a gas pump with the, um, the uh, handle still attached to my car. I saw that happen one time, and I thought, that's got to be the dumbest person in the world. And then when they got out and said, oh, I thought I had already paid. Like, you could tell they were trying to steal the gas, but they made the getaway before they hung it back up, which then caused problems. And Man, I just don't know how you, I don't know, if you're trying to get away, don't you put the pump, I don't know. Oh, how did you do yours? How... How could you possibly make that mistake? Well, you pay before you start pumping. Right. But it doesn't finish until you hang it back up. I don't, I don't know what happened. I, uh, I, it was really, really early in the morning, and I was very, very tired, and I was on my way to work, and I just forgot and got in the car and started driving away. And it just, huh. it just it, it's got a disconnect on it. It just comes yeah. loose. I'm sure and you. Then you hear it dragging like on the ground behind you. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like you stop text and I. And it, it it just distracted you. And, I, yeah, no, I, no, I was just tired, okay. and I think I was on. I was probably on a deadline or something, and so I was thinking about what I had to do when I got to mm-hmm. the office. And but I did stop, and I went inside, and I told them, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And they were like, "Oh no, it's no big deal. It happens all the time. Just leave it there." I, I think my best gas station story, and I spend a lot of that for my job. I spend tons of time in gas stations, but my best gas station story is I years and years ago, Kurt, friend of the show, sure. Kurt, uh, he and I with uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, were back in Green Bay for something. Couldn't even tell you why all three of us were here. We were living in Eau Claire at the time in college. We pull up to the gas station station near my parents' house and standing in front of me, not able to get the credit card scanner working on the pump. This is like the first time I've ever seen anyone use a credit card at a pump. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> Brett, Brett Favre. Oh, and yeah. he's scanning the damn thing. He can't get it to work. Can't get it to work. It's just, and we're, and we're just sitting there. He, this is right after he had that broken thumb for the whole season. And we're just laughing at him. Like, I guess the thumb, you know, he just couldn't get it to work. And, <laughs> Uh, it was, it, growing up in Green Bay, it's you just saw the Packers everywhere. It's a town of like fourteen people, so <laughs> half the people here are Packers. Every, you'd see them all over the place. I worked at the grocery store right next to the stadium, so guys would come in after practice and be getting food and stuff. And everybody went like half of the half of the employees are asking questions, and the other half are just trying to be cool. Like this is just a guy who is trying to get himself two full rotisserie chickens for dinner and get home. Let's, let's let him eat. (laughs) That's for himself, not for the family. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'd always get the Packer wives. They would pull up in like a Mercedes convertible with two carts full of groceries and they'd pop the trunk and they would go, I'll just get it all in the back. But like the laws of physics do not allow this. There's no way this, (laughs) you're going to put the back seat down. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had a lady one time, it was a two-seater, it was a convertible, so the trunk, and the top was down, so the trunk only had 
enough room for like one paper bag in it. Uh-huh. And then like I piled up six more bags in the passenger seat and she drove home, unloaded those, came back and got the rest of her groceries. Oh my God. And I was like, you didn't think about grabbing one of the other cars when you got home? Like you could have swapped many- it up for, I have to assume you have an SUV. Is this the first time you're, you've ever gone grocery shopping? Yeah. I, <laughs> my favorite. And we would get these old ladies who would come in and they would say, they you know they'd come in three times a day because God forbid you die with any food in your fridge. They would come in <laughs> and they would they would say it all in one bag, but please keep it light. Oh. And I'm like, okay, sure. And you're putting an orange, like two slices of roast beef, and a hard roll in, and she'd go, oh, "This is too heavy. Like, I can't put it all in one bag. Like the laws of physics just don't allow this." Come on. Did you get to say that to them? The bit about the I, laws of physics? I did. I said that all the time. <laughs> I would I would say stuff like that. And then uh, we this was cops. We had this program, the COPPS. It was a chain that is now owned by Roundies, which is now owned by Kroger. Um, How's that going for you? Yeah, well, I haven't worked there in forever. As a customer, though. Oh, I, I, I don't shop at Kroger stores. I my sister just complains endlessly because uh, she shops at Pick and Save, which is now owned by Kroger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pick and Save bought cops, and then they were bought by Kroger. Yeah, it's but we they, we had this program called the You Done Good. <laughs> should be you've done well, but whatever. Or you, if you got yeah, if you got a, <laughs> you did good <laughs> or well. <laughs> If you got a, a call from a customer saying good things about you, you would get this. Once you got so many points, you'd get a day off, and you'd. Get oh, this like was an internal things. program. So it was an internal it, program. It wasn't yeah. customer facing, so they could they could get away with the improper grammar and spelling. Right, right, okay. yeah, it was internal. So, like, if someone called and or walked over to the service desk and said that Kevin was such a nice guy, he was great. Uh, I think you got five points for a customer or I think it was five points. If your manager said something positive and 10 of a customer did. Um, and I got so many of those things. Once you had a hundred, you'd get a free day off with pay. Cool. And I got so many, I was just vacation days all over the place. And I was, I'd be so rude to these customers and they would think I was joking. So they would go over and go, that guy was, he was a riot. He was a ton of fun. It made your shopping experience. And great. you were just sarcastically insulting them the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember one time the guy had gotten, it was like an, a watermelon or something. And when you'd pick it up, it was completely rotten on one side. And yeah. I was like, hey, good job. You picked out a rotten one. Do you like them? And I was just like, I mercilessly <laughs> made fun of him. I went back and I, I went back and got a different one for him. But I was like, I checked. This one's only a little rotten. And, and he went up and it's like, oh, that guy was great. I couldn't have been meaner. And like, <laughs> But they loved me. I I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Why did you ever was, leave that job? <laughs> uh, I, I have this thing. I've had three major jobs in my life, and I worked at Cops for eight years. I worked at General Beverage for eight years, and I am now beginning my eighth year uh, at Langer's Juice. So I think I'm going to have to be moving on. Soon, oh yeah, right? yeah. You you hit your your limit. Yeah, I told my boss that I've never hit 
my ninth anniversary at a job ever. And he's like, well, you can't leave. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how I've done that. <laughs> now, did you work in the, in the grocery store with Kurt? Uh, Kurt, I don't think Kurt and I, he, he worked at the cops in Eau Claire for a little bit, but he mostly, when Kurt and I lived together, he worked at a different grocery store. And then I think he worked like three months at the grocery store I worked at. He did his student teaching. So he had to quit his like full-time grocery job to do a student teaching. Okay. And then I think while he, that summer, while he was waiting to get a job, he worked at the same grocery store I did for like three months. But that's that's all we ever overlapped. Wow. I just knew Kurt from school, and then uh, we lived together. And I still, I mean, I still think he murders people, but I can't. <laughs> we had uh, so there's this like big conspiracy theory online about the smiley case, smiley face killer, um, and they well, I don't know what that is. Students. So they they've killed. College students along like the I-80, 90 corridor have ended up drowned on college campuses. And it's mostly stupid dare stuff where like, I'm going to swim across this lake when I'm super drunk. And then they drowned. But someone took it and has this conspiracy theory. Like from Pittsburgh out to Seattle, there's this guy traveling this and just drowning guys. And Eau Claire fits kind of on that corridor. We're just off it on the 90, on 94. And we had like, one year we had like three people drowned on campus, like trying to swim across the river or there was a lake in town. And, and so this goes back decades and it's, back. and it's still going on today. It's still going on. And if you look into it, there's absolutely no reason to believe that there's anyone actually killing people. It's just stupid college guys going right. Like Claire, it was the campus was built right on the rapids and there would always be these guys like, I could swim across it. And then they get rushed down the rapids and die. Yeah. And man, we had to have stuff like the two big things were don't try to swim across the river. Just take the bridge. Don't be an idiot. And the other one was you don't have to do 21 shots on your 21st birthday because someone had died doing that. Yeah. And it was like, why would I do so little shots on my birthday? That was- <laughs> Yeah, do, <laughs> I I try to explain only twenty one to other. I I try to explain Wisconsin drinking to people when I travel for work. Like I hear you guys drink a lot there, and like you know how when you go out at night and you have three beers and you're like, oh, I had a lot of beers at dinner tonight. We have three beers while we're trying to decide what restaurant we're going to go to for dinner. Yeah, and then at the restaurant we, you know, we see a keg is half full and we're like, let's see what they tap on that handle next and, and we try to finish it off like it's it's a completely different level here yeah it's 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 nice i enjoy it it's fun <laughs> yeah i've I've had to have a, a conversation with a, a, a you know newly adult members of my family to to explain to them like you don't have to do that you can just be very solidly buzzed and enjoy being yeah. being drunk you don't have to drink an entire bottle of vodka. What's the age where you start to worry about someone young like that? Like, like I mean, there's your, your college, early 20s partying, but at what age do you think you need to have, you need to stop doing this now you're an adult? 
when you're done with college. I so always 22, felt that 23, 23, yeah. 23 is yeah, what yeah. I felt like. If you're 22, you can party. If you're 23. Cause even if you're still in college, you should be in grad school by then, which means you should be taking it seriously a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you even get like, if you graduate a little early, you know, you graduate at 22, you've got that first little bit of party time where you're still okay. Yeah. But then yeah, 23, if, if you've, like there's, I, I've noticed there's like monumental points in your life where you change as a person or you stay the exact same person you were the whole time. Like 18 is kind of this transition. You, you, sometimes it corresponds with going away to college, but when you're 18, you kind of, you change, you, you decide who I'm going to be. And the person you are at 18, a lot of times you are the rest of your life. But then there's this thing that happens at 23 where you can go. I made a horrible choice when I was 18. I don't want to be that person anymore. And 23 seems like the other one where you go, it's time for me to be an adult. And, and I, you know, I just turned 40. So maybe there's another one coming up that I'm not aware of yet. <laughs> well, I think we, we previously identified one that's somewhere between 27 and 35, right? Yeah. I think 20, well, 27, <laughs> I, if you make it past 27, then you're not a rock star. That's what I've learned. Like every that's famous true. rock star has died at 27. Yeah. I just watched, uh, I got that, that HBO Max uh, for another month here because of uh, my, my wife wanted to watch that Denzel Washington uh, movie with Mr. Robot and Jordan Catalano. <laughs> and uh, so now I've got, I've got HBO Max for, for a month and I got to get my money's worth. I got to get my whatever it is, $14.99 out of that. So uh, I, I was looking around in, in the movies and they, they have a lot of documentaries and most of them look like they suck. Um, but there was one in there about Kurt Cobain. I watched that and I thought that was pretty interesting. Also died at 27. Yeah. I still think Courtney Love killed him. Probably. Yeah. She didn't seem too upset in in her interviews. So if you nervously (laughs) smoking through, through the entire thing, and this is, you know, from five years ago. So yeah. Why are you still smoking? uh, Allegedly that heroin is still going i don't know so whole like their early stuff wasn't that good no then the stuff after she started dating kurt seemed like these sound like nirvana songs and then curiously got much better rapidly yeah yeah and then kurt dies and she never wrote a hit again nope and man it just seems like where where could she have been getting these songs (laughs) I i don't know and it you know, wonder. I I always wonder what that band would have become. I mean, Dave Grohl went on to be oh, I know, I mean, Foo Fighters, amazing band, and he was just starting to feel comfortable in Nirvana. Imagine what that those three guys could have done if Kurt hadn't died. I and maybe they would have done what most bands do and go, oh, okay, you wrote a couple of good albums and you ran out of ideas. But I I think they could have done some amazing things. As, with Dave Grohl writing some more music and, and Kurt stepping up and helping him, I think, I mean, we wouldn't have Foo Fighters, but all that Foo Fighters stuff would be Nirvana stuff. Yeah. I think it would be, it would have been, the 90s wouldn't have completely sucked for music. When you're looking at like 1998 and the oh. number one song was Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy. Come on. I'm sitting here as a senior in high school going, this, this is the anthem to my summer, Sex and Candy. Yuck. <laughs> Yeah, everything after the grunge explosion just got mediocre real quick. Yeah. 
Chumbawamba tub thumping. Come on. This, and everybody in high school is like, this song rocks. And I'm like, no. It's hard to figure out why I haven't talked to anyone from high school since high school. I just, you guys love Chumbawamba? Name, name their second hit. Come on, do it. Chumbawamba. Man, some of the, I don't know what was going on in the late 90s. It's just like we're just sitting there quietly waiting for Jack White to write music. Come on. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Jack White any good? I haven't heard any of his stuff. Yeah, I like the White Stripes. Big Jack White fan. I The one thing I... I so the, the Black Keys and the White Stripes, I just like... They're the two biggest like competitive alternative rock out of the that time period. And you can't tell me that they didn't get together and be like, you take half the piano, I'll take the other. <laughs> it just I, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking that. I'm glad you okay. went there. <laughs> I mean it's we can all agree it's no sex and candy, but the closing time. Did you know that's a song about giving birth? Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> what? Closing time. It's apparently he wrote it, you know, like it's it's about a womb. It's about growing a baby, closing time. This room won't be open till your brother and your sister come. It's it was he wrote it about his wife being pregnant with their kid. Who who wrote it? I don't know what who wrote Closing Time. It's a band no one's heard of since. Semisonic? Semisonic, yeah. That's a good example of of a a one-hit wonder who is only known for the song title and not their actual band name. Yeah, this was just another like if you look at like the worst music ever written, it all comes out like 1998. Yeah, cuz around that so like if you search for Closing Time, you may want Tub thumping by Chumbawamba. No, we don't. Uh, you get what you give by the new radicals. I love all of the the one hit wonders that came out. And a lot of these, I mean, maybe they had a couple of hits, but it was one album. What's the what's the band with they had the red CD cover <laughs> and Oh yeah, that Chumper, one. Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Like oh. they had that one album. They haven't done anything. Like and this was all what we had to deal with in the late 90s. Yeah, that was when I gave up on new music and regressed <laughs> to everything I had been listening to and, and, and just, you know, focused on that and didn't ever try to branch out or find anything. It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be weird. If you think about it, what, what good movies came out in the late 90s? Like, you've got like 94 where every good movie came out. Like, you've got Forrest Gump, which is fine. But, I mean, uh, Shawshank Redemption didn't win any awards because every other movie that year was... uh, The Pulp Fiction was 94. Like, what's the... Nothing came out in 1998. Like, that's the year that Seinfeld ended. Like, late seasons of Friends. There was no good TV on in the late 90s. It was the birth of reality TV where that just... I oh, yuck. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, what if what if reality TV was real? Like that's the way we live our life. Like if you want 
to if you the record label is sitting there having American Idol style challenges to see who can be the next famous person. And if you want to date, you've got to like give roses to nine different girls and decide like, what if that's the world we really lived in where reality TV was real? Like if you're, you're going grocery shopping, you've got to answer questions and run down the aisle to pick out food, like supermarket sweep. It just, <laughs> I think that would be an amazing world to live in. And I can't believe we haven't done this. I want to go over to the festival foods and I want to be standing there and half like, Oh man, I hope the questions about cookies. Cause I need something from the cookie aisle and just running, wow. running. And then every time you come home and your wife is like, Oh you got nine hams again. Good job. Big Lebowski is the only decent movie in out of 1998 that a big movie. Anyway, basketball, obviously. That's a well, great that's a great course. movie, but that's not your big summer blockbuster. Let's let's look at some of the ones that that were considered to be the big movies of 1998. Half Baked, Armageddon, Sphere, <laughs> which I don't think I've ever seen, but I heard it's bad. <laughs> a Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> oh man, see 99 um the 99 Academy Awards for Best Picture, which would have been the movie that came out in 98, was Shakespeare in Love, which everybody can agree is one of the worst Best Picture winners ever. That's how bad 98 was. 1998 was a horrible year that nothing good happened, except that's the year I started dating my wife. Nice uh, nice save there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Saving Private Ryan was that same year, 98. I don't know. No, I'm not seeing it here. I'm only getting a Man. a selection of all of the. Oh, categories. that might be. I don't know. The internet's weird. Titanic. I remember I saw that movie in the theater, and yep. when that guy, I don't know if you've seen it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody yeah. in the world has. So that that guy falls off of the deck and hits the propeller and goes twirling down. Yeah, that was a nice touch. I Did literally you? burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the theater like turned and looked at me and I was like, oh geez. I saw uh, a video that like which movie, which crazy movie theory do you wish was true? And this one I hadn't heard until I watched this video. It was Jack doesn't exist in Titanic. It's just a figment of her imagination and that's causing her to you know, rebel against her family in, you know, 19 teens, England. And it's like, that's pretty interesting to think that she just like made up. So she's hanging out on the lower decks. She breaks into this car and has a good wank. She, <laughs> <laughs> it is her hand that goes up against the window, right? Not his. Yeah. Yeah. And did you know, she draw, she's just did she draw herself all by herself. And then the whole "Don't let go, I never will," and then instantly let go makes a lot more sense. Uh-huh. Or, or why is there why is there not room for two people on that enormous wooden door? Right. Yeah. I, the only thing I can figure is balance. I don't know. I would think having two people up on that would be better than having one person. I think it would want to yeah. just spin with one person. If with two people, you could have it weighted on on at two points. I I don't know that that whole movie was. And that's one of those movies where you forget it's a flashback the whole time. 
because the first scene is is contemporary. Right. They go back in time and see this whole story. And then the last scene, she's throwing this priceless necklace into the water. I just like this guy's looking for that necklace. And you just throw it. You couldn't just go. Here it is. Sorry. Crazy old lady. <laughs> and then she goes and dies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's got to be an awkward ride back to shore. Like, what happened to her? Yeah, she did. Yeah, how long does that take? Do you have to put her on ice with the fish? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> you put her in that little net that you drag alongside your fishing boat because the water's cold enough it can preserve her. <laughs> I remember, oh, when we'd go fishing as a kid, we'd have that basket and you you'd just keep it. And then we'd forget to pull it out when we took off. And you just look at these fish have just been slow. I, whoops. <laughs> I say my dad and I are about 96% done forgetting to pull that basket out when we moved the boat. <laughs> oh, well. I never liked worms. I I don't have a problem with fish at all, but I never liked worms. So I was never like, I, I'll use a lure. There's no fish big enough in this lake for a lure. I'll wing it. I just didn't <laughs> want to admit that I didn't like worms. Still, I don't like snakes. And worms are just snakes that live underground, I guess. I don't know. It's disgusting. I don't like snakes. And our new house has snakes. I mean, not in the house. I saw one in the yard, and I haven't gone outside since. You have snakes up there? Yeah. Just like little garner snakes and oh, okay. woodland snakes. And I don't know. They're probably like crickets or something. Are you out in the country? Or in a... No, just on the outskirts of Green Bay. Oh, okay. We've got a... They're like a, a train... field like across the road or something where they're coming from? Yeah. Like there's a train tracks behind us, so it's like half an acre of undeveloped oh, okay. where the train goes through there. It's it's quiet. We live in a part of town that if I had a if I met a girl at a party when I was in high school, if she said she lived way out here, I'd be like, I'm never gonna see you again. That's crazy. I would never drive all the way out to Howard. Like, <laughs> no, you're good looking, but that's too far to go. And now it's three minutes from my in-law's house. So I'm like, I guess this wasn't too far. I apologize to every girl in high school that I told she lived too far away. <laughs> I'm sorry, you go to Bayport? I'll never find that. It's way out there. <laughs> what about Swamico? So, well, yeah, the Howard Swamico, Little Swamico. I love how creative they get with names here. Like, oh. How big, is, how big is Swamico that they have a Little Swamico? Right, yeah. Swamico's got like 12,000 people. Little Swamico's got like... 4,000 people. I love when you're like, okay, well, this train from here, it goes into uh, Amherst. What should we call this city? I don't know. It's called Amherst Junction. Nailed it. Like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> and then that can cause nothing but confusion. Like, are we going to Amherst or Amherst Junction? I don't know. They're right next to each other. You'll figure it out. No creative. It's either that or it's the worst, hardest to pronounce Indian name ever. <laughs> Where do you live? Oconomowoc. It's spelled like it sounds. Great. O c o n o m o w o c. Yeah. <laughs> My family Back lives there now. <laughs> well, if you want to know the 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 weather at Lambeau Field during the game, you don't look up Green Bay. You look up Ashwaubenon. It's more accurate. Uh, my favorite. It might is, be snowing uh, in Ashwaubenon when it's raining in Green Bay. Well, the stadium is still in Green Bay. So. Technically, but it's right across the street from Ashwaubenon. 
they annexed the land. It's even on the Ashwaubenon. The stadium is on the Ashwaubenon side of the street. That's true. They, just, they did that. They gerrymandered it. Cut out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting when, when you get the weather alerts that the robot tells you, you know, and they break in and the Shano, uh, it struggles with that because it's got a, it gives it the strong W. So it's, you know, severe weather is going to hit Shawano. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably actually closer to the original Native American pronunciation. So it's hard to get mad at robots. Yeah. Like Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I, have, I honestly have no idea if that story is true, but it's in the <laughs> world. So I'm just going to assume it is. It's Alice Cooper. Who, who's going to yeah. question Alice Cooper? Yeah. That's, it sounds spot on to me. <laughs> it's the it's just like chicago is is supposed to mean like smelly onion or smelly field or onion field and no one knows exactly what it is but it's close enough to the stinky field or whatever it is because it used to be swampy marshland filled with onions really yeah i never heard that that's, that's apparently where the name comes from but then you know you talk to the right historian and there's absolutely no proof that that could even be remotely possibly true who knows well it's like milwaukee is supposed to mean land where the waters meet but that's also what economowak means yeah (laughs) i mean like those two don't sound anything like each other other than they have 18 syllables so everyone would joke about oh you know chicago is stinky onion or stinky city or whatever and it it does have a lot of like backup sewer smell but when so when we moved down there my wife's company hired a real estate agent to take us around and look at a bunch of rental properties. And she like, it stunk. And she kept blaming, Oh my, that's that sewer smell. That's, that's the Chicago smell. Well, we never smelled it again. And we only smelled it when we were around her and she was <laughs> just messy the whole time. That smell never came up again the whole time we lived in Chicago. And as soon as we parted ways with her, it was gone. And wow. And, uh, just just admit it like i had a burrito last night it is not agreeing with me i don't like we said earlier don't play those games let's just be open and honest with each other and and i'll tell you what what's going on you tell me what's going on we don't have to play any of those stupid games would you be more or less likely to to um buy the house or the condo or whatever from the real estate agent that openly admitted to farting yeah yeah, I definitely. I'm, I'm, I really, I'm really, I really apologize, but I, uh, I had there was an eating contest at Taco Bell last night, and <laughs> I just, I literally have no control over this today. I'm so sorry, but you know, <laughs> like if it were me, I would be in hysterics the entire time. My wife, yeah. on the other hand, would be demanding that we fire this person immediately and like get oh, out of the car no. and call an Uber. No, Rachel's cool like that. She would have, she would have been down. She, uh, I, so she just had her gallbladder removed. I don't remember what we talked about before the show started or after I made, I think that was before. Yeah. Well, she just had her gallbladder removed. And so she's got, they did it with the robot surgery. So she's got like five small incisions. Sure. She's not in a ton of pain, but when she starts to laugh, it creates pain. And then she's always giggled through pain. So she like, Oh no. get on like i'll say something completely crazy like i always say and it'll just strike a funny bone or something will happen on tv and honestly i know she's in pain but 
I've basically just spent the last 20 years of my life, like solely dedicated to making her laugh <laughs> and to see her just completely lose it with hysterical giggling makes me the happiest person until I realize she's in complete pain when this is happening. So I'm kind of torn. It's great. Cause she I, like the, just the joy and wonderment of a child giggling in her face, but that she's in complete pain. So I'm not sure how I line up on that, but. I keep trying to not make her laugh, but also make her laugh at the same time. I, I don't know. <laughs> or you're apologizing while continuing to do it. <laughs> or, the, oh man, once she gets going too, like you, I can just turn and look at her like, and give her like the seriously you're laughing at that still look, which just doubles down. So, and she just, just loses it completely when I do that. And I it's it's been fun. I, I do feel bad because it does cause her pain, but um, it, it's fun. I, maybe she shouldn't have. Like, I, I, her gallbladder just gave up, and I'm concerned. I only loved her for her gallbladder, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Time, time will tell, but then again, yeah. we don't know what time. I mean, is, who knows so. where love comes from? Maybe yeah. it comes from the gallbladder. I don't know. It's this general area, right? It could be the heart, it could be the liver, it could be the gallbladder, it could be the stomach, the lungs. We don't know. So we, we've got all the pictures that they take with the laparoscopy robot surgery. How many of those holes are cameras? And how many are I, things to I, cut the gallbladder Two, out? Two are like hand claw things. I think one's a camera and one is, I don't know, the hole that they remove the gallbladder from. I don't know. She's. I think it's four holes. Okay. I, don't, I read stuff that said five. One of her nurses said three, and there's clearly four. So I don't know. <laughs> there's at least it's, four. There may be another one hiding somewhere. <laughs> it's somewhere between three and five. I don't know. I think it's three. I don't know. Um, but so we're, uh, the picture is the doctor comes up and says, you know, here's the gallbladder. Here's where we removed it. And, and you know, you can see the liver on there. And yesterday she's like, I know I've looked at these pictures before. But my liver looks so liver. I'm like, what would you want it to look like? It's it's on brand for liver. Yeah, it looks like a liver. I don't know what to tell you. It's <laughs> it's it's there. It's a liver. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So when they recognizable when they, liver is probably a good thing. Yeah. When when he's showing me, he's like, this should have come out two years ago, and he said it, it's supposed to be. I've been describing it as like a little smoky, but it was supposed to be the size of like a, like the mini corn dogs. <laughs> okay. So like a little smoky with breading. And when they pulled it out, he, he said it was the size of a brat. Well, he didn't say it was the size of a brat. He gave me like a, this is how big it was with his fingers. And being from Wisconsin, I'm like, oh, it's a brat. You instantly recognized, so, recognized that as the size of a brat. Yeah. Yeah. She was supposed to have a gallbladder the size of a mini corn dog. Or, or a jalapeno popper. I'm going to go with jalapeno popper. That works and too. it's really the size of a brat. So that's, I guess that's a problem. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking that's the only instance where you, w you would rather have um, a mini corn dog or a jalapeno popper instead of a brat, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I had, when I had my appendix removed, um, I had a long history of. What, what, what size food is that? Yeah, that was, I don't know, it was like a chili pepper. I honestly have no idea how big an appendix is. Uh, oh, they didn't show it to you? No, I, uh, 
That was that was back back before uh, they had cameras in the operating room. <laughs> so mine was laparoscopy, and that was it was I was it was like ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere around there. God, again was ninety eight. What a sh- year! Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, I'm glad that you have to bleep something that you said, not something that I said. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> um, I I had a an independent study class that once a week involved group presentations for like three of the people. So you would like get in front of the class and give a presentation on what you were learning in this individual study class. And I, this may surprise everybody. I was the person in class who gave the teacher a lot of problems. Really? And I was not at all interested in sitting through other people's presentations. And I was very clear with my teacher that I was, you know, Hey, I would get more use if I just went and worked on my own project than listening to these idiots talk. <laughs> again, like everybody in my class thought I was hilarious and I was mercilessly making fun of these people and they would all laugh at it. I, I don't understand how that happens, but it worked. Um, I, I would always try to get out of sitting there and I was having terrible stomach pain. And I kept raising my hand, Miss Weave, I, I need to leave. And she said, no, you, you will sit through these presentations. You always do this. And when presentations were over, there was like 10 minutes left in class. And I'm like, I still feel horrible. Can I leave? And she's like, fine, if you want to leave, leave. And I went down to the office and I said, I'm going home. I'm, I'm in terrible pain. And they said, we have to call your mom first to make sure you can leave. And I said, cool, let her know I'm on my way. And I walked away. And then the security person tried to stop me before going into the parking lot. And I gave her like one step to the left and to the right. And was She was about 106 years old. So I just, <laughs> boom, I was past her. We called her Big Bird because she wore a bright yellow snowsuit when she would patrol the parking lot. Oh, that's awesome. Winter. And uh, we, so I got in my car, I drove home and I'm walking in the house and the phone's ringing and my mom answered it and said, he just walked in the door. If he left school, he's got a good reason. I'm like, okay, cool. And <laughs> wow, way to go, mom. Yeah. I went that night, had my appendix removed. Um, they're like, yeah, this thing definitely needs to come out. Uh, I was back at school on Tuesday, and that teacher felt so bad for not letting me leave because <laughs> everyone had told her Monday, like, oh yeah, Kevin had his appendix removed over the weekend. And she apologized. I'm so sorry. If I, you just, I don't like, dude, I can't blame you. I, I have a long history of uh, not being able to be believed when it comes to these things. <laughs> <laughs> but she, oh man, that was great. That was a great last week of school. She felt so bad about making me sit through class even though i was in extreme pain it was a lot of fun oh, you only had one week to milk that yeah so oh. saturday the day after i had my surgery was my senior prom and i missed my senior prom because i just had surgery wow the the guy wouldn't the teacher that ran the the advisor for whoever runs that thing wouldn't give me my money back because like the tickets were non-refundable and I just argued with him until he's like, fine, here's your $20 for the stupid tickets back. <laughs> How many times did you have to insult him where he thought you were just being funny before that <laughs> yeah. happened? I, 
it was he was one of like the beloved teachers that I never had as a teacher. You know, you know, there's those few teachers in school. Yep. That everybody, oh my god, I don't even remember this guy's name, but he's oh, he's such a great teacher. It was so much fun. I, I loved having his class. I never had him, so I had no idea who this guy was. Yeah, we had one of those in my high school. I I never had that teacher, but everybody else, you know, he was the most famous teacher, the most beloved, and turned out he was the, like molesting people. We had a. a I'm like, well, all of you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we had a choir teacher, and I was never a musical in the least, but I had a lot of friends who were in the choir, and this guy was a really great teacher. I always wished I could have him as a teacher because he was such a he was a cool teacher, he was a cool guy, and he got accused of by a student at a different school for like you know when you go to like solo and ensemble, you're you're with other schools and stuff. She accused him of of inappropriate teacher things, and uh, he ended up like no questions asked. He was fired, and he and all that everybody was like, "It totally doesn't seem like something he would do." And like this went to court, and like in court, she's like, "Oh yeah, I made it all up." Oh, and like he ended up suing the school district, and he won and got a bunch of money. But he like they had to offer him his job back and everything. He's like. That's a weird situation where you're like, yeah, I want to come back. That'd be great. He just took the money and I don't know what he did with his life, but wow, man, I like a great teacher that got screwed over by one girl looking for attention and crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think mine it, went completely the opposite direction of that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, so every teacher that I had, not every teacher, but a bunch of the teachers that I had, my mom had had, like oh wow there's earlier like she had them all when they were young teachers and i had them all right before they retired and then my brother had none of the same teachers because they all retired like a year or two after i finished so it was all new teachers so my brother was spared that like oh i remember your brother thing yeah which was probably good for him because i i think he would have been judged poor like oh god this guy's gonna take over the class and and make it impossible for me to teach because everybody would be laughing at the stupid things he says. I just got an email. I don't know what my work email got put on, but this person wants to sell me a subscription to NetJets. I travel a lot for work. My company is not going to pay $250,000 a year for me to get on NetJets, but I'm glad I keep getting these emails because I keep trying to turn them into the expenses and get them approved. World's so, leading so private jet company. Yeah. I've never heard of it. I can't believe I know this much about it, but I get emails three times a day about, do you want to subscribe to NetJets? Right now, it's only $30,000 off. Like, instead (laughs) of the $250 you'd normally pay, just pay $220 for the whole year. And then that doesn't even include the cost of your flights. That's just to get into the club. Uh, That's like Peloton. Right. It it only costs three thousand dollars. Wait, so that's the cost of the bike or the subscriptions? Yes, <laughs> only one of those. Yes, man, there's so much of these. Like, I, I feel bad sitting on my couch watching the commercials for all the cool exercise things I could have been doing during COVID. Yeah, I mean, I really put on the COVID nineteen. So I just. <laughs> I, I watch like that. That one's a mirror. It's a mirror, guys. You're looking in the mirror and you're working out to a mirror. This is ridiculous. And I'm here's me just sitting here. 
All right. Well, what's the next commercial? <laughs> Ooh, that, uh, looks, I, that looks tasty. Let me have three of those. <laughs> my, my wife will be the first to tell you that the worst thing about COVID is I haven't had anyone else to talk to. So she has to listen to all of my crap. It's just, I, I've been saying for years, I want to start a YouTube channel where I point out all the problems with every commercial and I just never get off my ass and do it. I, <laughs> well, you're too busy watching those commercials. Right. Yeah. And, and every time I sit down and think I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this. Let me make some notes. I can't remember which commercials drive me completely insane. And then I'm stuck at uh, the one of them. So they, they air it here. It's for university of Milwaukee. Yeah, we don't get that one. Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh-huh. You guys, shocker, you don't get that one there? I know, it's amazing, right? And it's it's all these people, like, I chose Milwaukee because, you know, and this one person's, it's a leading engineer school. And the last one, and my sister went to Milwaukee, and so I always ask her, how the hell is, the last one is, I chose Milwaukee because it introduced me to my love for medical administration or whatever it is. I'm like, you chose it for something that you didn't realize until after you had been there for three years. Uh-huh. How is that even possible? Like, there's no one in that room sitting there going, uh, guys, this makes no sense at all. Why not just say, I chose it because it's got a strong medical administration program? This is the stuff that I, I sit here and, I'm, and my wife is like, yes, well, I know. I've heard this. You complained about this commercial. <laughs> oh. Well, clearly this person in the commercial is psychic and they're not addressing yeah. that. Yeah, come on. There's something way more impressive here than medical <laughs> administration. Come on. <laughs> I've noticed, so since I moved back, uh, I, I got used to stuff in Chicago where even the local commercials in Chicago have good production value. Oh, yeah. Here, they seem to have not yet realized that there's a lapel mic <laughs> because they're all yelling in it's it sounds like it sounds like when you're when you like lean away from your microphone on all the commercials and then kinda, have to kind of like this hey hey yes. Kevin, hey yeah 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 hey why don't you and come down, wanna, why don't you come down to our our car lot Bergstrom Subaru the, it's yeah it's all car lots half a mile or, from a big road on a little road yeah <laughs> the other thing it's it's all car lots and it's the other thing is is children just speaking. Like, it's never one child, because one child speaking, fine, we get that. That kid's eight, we understand what he's saying. It's when you get 13 children that all have to say something in unison. And there's a, a local, like, pet daycare chain here. And it's like, it's it's seven kids going, come to tail waggers, aroo. But it, they can't line up. It's, it's just completely different cadences, and it's a bunch of little children that all are dead in the eyes. Uh-huh. Like they've said it thirty-eight thousand times, and that was the best take. Yeah, like, forget it. Just only three of them are actually looking at the camera anymore. Yeah. One of them is crying. <laughs> Man, I think that in all of these commercials, like that was the best take. That that's the one you picked. Like. I right. know everybody yeah. here has the thick Wisconsin accent, <laughs> but you you didn't hire someone for your commercial that could, you know, just a little bit of diction. Just let's hit the let's hit the the D at the end or uh, the TH at the end of there a word. And yeah. make it a D. <laughs> and I I really hate like I didn't notice the thick Wisconsin accent until I moved away. 
And then I came back to visit like the first time and we were closing down our bank at our credit union in central Wisconsin. And we walked in and the girl goes, what can I help you with today? <laughs> and I was like, do, do people always sound like this? And like, we want to shut down our account. Oh yeah. It'll just take a moment. We'll get her done. Like, Wait, people really say this. How have I never heard this the whole time I was here? It, it's it's crazy. Did you even recognize that there was an accent when you when you were Not, growing up? No, because I did. The only time I would hear it is when someone from Wisconsin would call into the national radio show I listened to, and I'd be like, "Why does no one here sound like that?" I could hear it on the radio, but I couldn't hear it in person. Yeah. And then now, now that I'm back here, man, it's everywhere. I ne- I never noticed it living there, and I lived I lived in southeastern Wisconsin. I lived in Minnesota. And then I moved, or, well, I moved down here, but before I moved down south, my sister moved down here to go to grad school, and she lived in South Carolina, and I went to visit her, and it was the year that Fargo came out. Oh. And I get here, and or I get there, because it was South Carolina, and we go to a restaurant or a convenience store or something, and the woman behind the counter is like, hey, y'all, what can I help you with? And... <laughs> And we start talking to her. Said, y'all, y'all aren't from around here, huh? I bet y'all are from Wisconsin or Minnesota. And we both looked at each other like, how the hell did you know that? And she's like, oh, from your accent. And I'm like, um, we don't have accents. You have an accent. And it was like, well, that was crazy. How did how did she how did she re- like not only recognize we were from up north, but exactly where we were from? Like that was just weird because this is in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina. And then we go and we, you know, we rent Fargo at Blockbuster because this is 1996 or whatever. And, um, and we're, we're sitting down, you know, this is like a couple of days later and we're watching Fargo and we all three of us, me and my sister and her husband are like, we look at each other and we're like, Oh, do do we sound like this? (laughs) And that was this weird moment of realization for all of us as, as adults, like, Wait a minute, we do have an accent. And it's really bad. Get, <laughs> my wife would always get made fun of by all her employees because she works in insurance and she works in auto and homeowners insurance. <laughs> and she would always they, they oh they would ever she people would ask you, say home. Homeowners. Yeah. It's homeowners the, yeah, the O is strong. The long O is strong yeah. there. When we went on our honeymoon, we went to Colonial Williamsburg and Virginia Beach. Oh. And we're hanging out on Virginia Beach. I have been to both of those places. Colonial Williamsburg. Thankfully, right before COVID. Major (laughs) sucked. I could have told you. Like, we had everything we read. And this is 05. This is early days of the internet when you're like, okay, people say it takes two days to see everything there. We had seen everything by lunch on the first day. We'd gone to every booth. We'd gone on every tour. We'd seen it all by noon the first day we were there. And we had two or three days of our honeymoon planned for this. And like, I don't know what we're going to do now the Uh-oh. rest of this whole time. Like, <laughs> honeymoon? But, well, that's easy yeah. to answer. Well, also, it, this, this is where my whole... <laughs> Uh, never ask anybody at a hotel for recommendations. I don't know if people in a hotel realize this, but the people staying in that hotel in overwhelmingly percentage of numbers of those people are not from the city that you're currently in when you're staying at the hotel. And I have the number of times I have asked someone at a hotel for a local recommendation and they give you a chain with either Applebee's Uh. 
like a Texas Roadhouse I've gotten. Like I said, I want a great local restaurant to go to for dinner. And they said, Texas Roadhouse. This is in Waterloo. Like, great. Yeah, nailed it. And then when I came back, we found a good restaurant downtown. When my boss and I came back, she's like, how's Texas Roadhouse? And I said, did you know you could throw your peanut shells on the floor? (laughs) Yeah, there's a Texas Roadhouse in every stupid city. Um, But we're in Colonial Wing, or we're in, like, Virginia Beach. And we had gone to Virginia Beach, the the big famous beach. Yep. And I asked the... With the the Poseidon statue? Yep. Yep. I asked the lady at the hotel, like, where's the cool beach that you guys hang out at? You guys can't be going to Virginia Beach. You're going to some cool beach that no one knows about. And she goes, oh, we just hang out at Virginia Beach. I don't know of anything else around. Maybe she was lying to me. Didn't want, you know, stupid tourists going there to hang out. But like three days later, we went to Yorktown. And Yorktown has these, like, they've got the breakwaters in. And they have, like, private little beaches. And I'm like, this is, this is what you need to be telling people. They're like private little. You could we like walked into one of them and there's a couple making out. Like, oops, sorry. Like we went to the night. Like this is where you need to be telling people to come. This was it. But back to where we started. We're <laughs> well, that, that's good to know Beach. for the next time I, I I go there. You know, uh, yeah. Guest host James lives there now. Oh, okay. We were on Virginia Beach and someone said to my wife, "Oh my God, are you from Minnesota?" And she said, "No, I'm from Wisconsin." He said, you sound exactly like Bobby's mother from Bobby's World. Bobby's World? That It was that Howie Mandel cartoon show. You're probably too old to remember it. It was like right in my brother's wheelhouse. I've, I've heard of it, but I don't think I ever watched it. Yeah, it was yeah. based on this character Howie Mandel created in his early comedy stuff. But the mom had like a thick upper Midwest accent. And she like, would always say, don't like, you know. Cartoonishly. Yeah, and this this guy like offered my wife five dollars to say, "Don't you know? Don't you know?" And then he asked me, "Where are you from?" And I said, "Same spot." He said, "Why don't you sound like her?" I I don't. I don't know. (laughs) I my Wisconsin accent will come out, especially when I try to say Wisconsin accent like without saying Wisconsin accent. It it comes out in Wisconsin accent. Yeah, but. I've always tried to tamp that down and get a little bit more of the newscaster accent, but I'm sure. I yeah, still, you don't. You I don't, don't have anywhere near as strong of an accent as you should have somebody who's who's lived there. Yes, I, it's have. enough where people know I'm not from the south. I went to a barbecue place in Tennessee one time, and I said, "I love I love hot anything spicy. Bring it on." And this guy, I said, I I will take the wings hot. And he said, no, you won't. And I said, yeah, I will. He said, tell by your accent, you can't handle it. (laughs) And I I said, and the guy sitting across from me was. I'm I'm sorry, sir. You're you're right. They don't have flavor where I'm from. (laughs) He's 100%. Like a rice cake is too bold of a flavor up here. (laughs) (laughs) That may be Uh, one of the reasons why I don't live there. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, I remember I wanted hot salsa and you can't get like the Tostitos comes in mild, medium and hot. Most places in the world, they don't sell it there. You can only get mild and medium. And if you bring medium home, like you've got to warn everyone else who lives in your house. Like now this one's medium. Be careful. Don't grab it. Thinking it's going to be the mild. I thought that was just my parents. That's everybody. Okay. 
My my parents, my in-laws, <laughs> my sister-in-law, my brother. My parents don't like anything. salt. Everything is too salty. Huh. And I'm like, why aren't you living in Del Boca Vista in Florida? <laughs> Everything's too hot. It's too salty. There's too much flavor. It's too cold. The, the only the only person in my extended family that I can think of. My sister does all right with medium spice. My father-in-law will take like when when he's eating spicy stuff it's like melt your face off spicy and like you sit next to him and your eyes are watering and <laughs> and he's just like it's got it's it's a little spicy and i am no longer trusted in my family like i'll take a bite of something and someone will go how is it I'm like, there's zero spice at all and then rachel will like elbow me out of the way and try it and she'll be like it's got a little bit of spice but don't listen to him he's dead inside <laughs> yeah I'm dead inside now too. Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah, have, the guy brought me the, he wouldn't put the hot sauce. I don't remember if it was pulled pork or ribs or chicken wings or whatever it was, but he wouldn't put the hot sauce on it. He brought me a hot and a mild and put them down. And he was like, I'll let you decide this is on you. And I like staring him in the eyes, squeezed the hot sauce on and ate it without even blinking. And he, he came by and like apologized after he was like, I didn't think someone with your accent could handle that. <laughs> I remember when he saw me do that too. He brought a gigantic glass of milk and put it on like just oh, in case. That's that's insulting. Mm-hmm. But it was delicious. Here's what I've learned: if you want good food, go to a place where you're like they're not going to pass a health inspection. Oh yeah, that's where the food is delicious. It's got four tables, and one of them wobbles horribly. Uh-huh. The food is amazing. It's That'll be the best food you get. Yeah, just don't look. Don't look in the kitchen. Yeah. Just don't look back there. I, just enjoy the food. I've, I've put together a solid history of like being somewhere where everyone gets food poisoning and they're all vomiting, and I'm going. I don't know what the problem is, guys. I'm fine. Night just as much of that as you did. <laughs> we, uh, the first time that happened, we were camping. It was my wife, my brother, my sister, and myself. And they had, it was a trout spread. Putting that on crackers, it was delicious. Um, it was the only thing that my brother and sister had both eaten. And they both got horrible food poisoning while we're tent camping in the woods in northern Wisconsin. And oh. I had about half of the trout dip. And it was, the, it had to be what gave them both food poisoning. And I didn't even sweat. You were didn't fine. Even blink. I just, I'd love to know, like, I'm a garbage person, so that's probably it. What do you mean you're a garbage person? <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a horrible person who is, as my wife will describe, dead inside. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing affects me. Oh, I have to take a break. All right. I, I have to pee. And that's where we're ending part one of this episode with Kevin. That's right. Episode 415 will continue with episode 416 next week with more Kevin. Because Kevin wouldn't stop talking. Join us next week on Nerd Burger for episode 416. A.K.A. the rest of episode 415. Or 415 Part 2. Part 2? 415 Volume 2? 
415 extended cut. 415 even girthier. He was described as Sam from Shrewsbury, and I, I thought Sammy Peeps at first. Like, did we get Sammy Peeps? <laughs> this is a big get. Oh, now I'm, pi- now, I'm sh- now I'm pissed that we didn't make that joke. Yeah. We didn't think to That's do that. That's what I thought when you introduced him. I was like, hold on. What's going on here? And then listening, I realized what was happening.